we just thank you, Lord. I just have this sense, this beautiful sense that God just wants to so come close to you tonight. Amen. Who's open for that? You know, in heaven, in the book of Revelations, it says that there's living beings that fly around the throne day and night. And they cry out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord our God. Holy, holy is the Lord. And they've been there since the beginning of time, since before the beginning of time. Every day, holy, holy is the Lord. And some scholars say this, that because every time they fly around God, they see a different facet of Him that just blows them away. And they just go, holy, holy are you, God. And you know what? When we get to heaven... And we're eternally with him. We're going to be the same. We will never see the end or never stop learning about how magnificent, how glorious, how beautiful, and how multifaceted he is. But tonight, he wants to reveal another facet of himself to you tonight. Why don't you just lift up your hand and say, God, come on, remind me. Remind me of who you are. And remind me, God, who I am in you. Amen? Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, musicians. Beautiful. This is... um my first Mother's Day without my mum and um, you know I kind of missed her the other day and started you know you know different people grieve different ways and some people they just you know cry for weeks and get it all out I seem to just cry intermittently every now and again it just kind of hits me and so the other day it just really hit me that she wasn't going to be here for Mother's Day and I had, you know, it didn't bore my eyes out, but I just, you know, was a bit teary and stuff. And I started to think, you know, God, it's kind of like, who can take her place in my life? Like, now I don't have a mother. Now, I know that for some of you, you don't quite understand that because you still have a mother. And it's like your mother's there from the time, well, this is Mother's Day we're talking about. And your mother's there from the time that you're born and right through and I think that I spoke to my mother every day for 50 years and so and then they're not there and you think whoa that's weird like so God how do I fill this void how do I fill this hole that she is obviously so left and he said this to me he said I am your father and I am your mother And I thought, well, that's weird. Because you always think of God as male. And I know there's some funny religions out there that, you know, let's all have, you know, mother God and all that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the full character and nature of our God who covers every facet of our need, 
and fills everything inside of us with all that he is. Amen? So let's just turn to Genesis 1.27 and, and have a look what God's saying here. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female he created them. So God is here. He's saying that he creates man and woman in his image. Now we know that the scriptures tell us that God is one God. That there is only one God. Is that right? And so God had made man in his image. And now he wants to make woman. But he can't make another person because God is one God. If he's in the image of God, then he has to be one. And so he takes man, he takes the rib of man, he takes a part of the man, he takes a part of his image, he takes a part of his nature, he takes a part of his character. He just about splits God in two. And he takes the rib of man and he fashions and forms woman. And now we have the masculine of God and the feminine of God. We have God in two parts. We have all the attributes of the masculine God in male and we have all the attributes of the feminine God in female. Amen? Do you understand that? So oftentimes when we think about God, we think of him as masculine. And that's okay. He's our father, He is our protector. He defends us. Amen. He watches over us. He fights for us. He is strong in battle. He is mighty. Amen. And he disciplines us like a father. It says that a father disciplines the son or the children that he loves. He is like a father. But many times we miss it when we don't realize that God is also our nurturer. And God is also our carer. Amen? That's why in that song it says, I know that you are for me. You know, sometimes it's only a mom, a mother's heart, that can really give us a revelation of that. That we are special. That we are absolutely accepted for who we are. Amen? And so man and woman were put on the earth to represent a part of God to the earth. To represent or to represent. And so I see woman, I see motherhood as a representing of God to the earth. That through the heart of mothers, through the heart of women, that people might see a part of God that they so desperately need. And they would know. See, a lot of people would say, you know, God is my father. And and if you've had a good relationship with your father, amen, then you would be like my dad was like Santa Claus. I mean, he just had this beard and this belly and hugs and he was gentle and he was kind and he was good to me. And so I thought, God, obviously that's how I interpret God. Amen. But when I think about my mom, 
how beautiful and kind and considerate and how patient she was and just how loving she was, I also think of God. And God's giving me this revelation, amen? That's why when you talk about man and woman being the image of God on the earth, that's why Christian marriage is so powerful. Like when you marry Jamie, Garth, something's going to happen that will represent the very image of God to the earth again. When a man and a woman become one, then God is represented to the earth, amen, in his fullness. I mean, in our imperfect ways. Obviously, it's not the perfect picture of God, but it's a pretty close representation if we're living according to the word of God and loving each other the way that we're supposed to be, amen. Eve was the feminine representation of the nature of God on earth. And Eve was called the mother of all living. And I believe as we watch mothers, as we watch women, we see what God's heart is like towards all that is living. Amen. A woman has the heart of God. She carries his heart. She carries a representation of this heart that beats, not just for our own children, not just for our own family, but for mankind. There's a heart that is within woman that does love everything that is living. I mean, even to the crazy extent that some people, you know, would lay down their lives for animals. Some women, I've seen them, animal activists. And they just love all that is living, plants and trees and people, everything that's living. It's almost like she feels like she has this responsibility. And she's showing the heart of God how he feels about his creation, how he loves his creation. She's the giver of new life, as God is. She is the giver of new life. And as she brings forth new life into the world, she is showing the heart of God as he brings new life into the hearts of mankind. She's the nurturer. Isaiah 66, 13 says, and this is speaking of God, as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you, and you will be comforted over Jerusalem. It's hard to think of God like that, especially men. You know, to think of God in this nurturing way. To think that, like God, you could be like a small child and jump up on the lap of God and let him comfort you. Because he's saying here that this is his nature. This is part of his nature. To comfort his children. As a mother comforts her children, God longs to comfort you. And I think as women, we are, we are, we, we're good at that. I think we're pretty good at going to God and understanding that part of God's heart. But as men, maybe not. Maybe it's harder for us as men or for you as men to get up on the lap of God. And, but, you know, if you could just for a moment think of yourself as a child when you come before God. You know, children, the, the heart of children will inherit the kingdom of God. And if you can think of yourself as you come before God and you're needing comfort, you think, but I'm a man and I'm strong. But you come before God and you come for, before him like a child. And you say, God, 
Just like a mother comforts her child, I need you to comfort me. Just like your mother used to comfort you when you were little. So God longs to comfort you now. Amen. And maybe you never had a mother that comforted you. But God wants to comfort you like you've never been comforted before. God longs to touch his people. Amen. God feeds, clothes, and cleans up for his kids just like a mother. Amen. Look in Matthew 6, 25 to 34. It says here, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet their heavenly Father feeds them. Is not your, is, are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that even Solomon in all his splendor was not dressed like one of these. God wants to clothe you. God wants to feed you. God wants to provide for you like a mother. And God longs to clean up your mess. Amen. He wants to get into the bedroom of your heart. And clean up your mess. And just like a mother who will go in and clean out the moldy Vegemite sandwiches from under the bed, smiling, God will clean out your moldy Vegemite sandwiches from your heart with love in his heart. Amen? Not complaining, not nagging but just coming and serving you and loving you and looking after you. Amen. I just think of little children when they're like running along and and they hurt themselves. You know, I was watching Joey the other day and she's just running along and she just like fell and she hasn't even really hurt herself, but she's like, "Ah," you know, it's really like, and Julie comes along, oh, what is it? And at that moment, she doesn't want anyone else when she's hurting like that, you know, if I'm in the room, Nana, Nana, do you want Nana? No. You know, do you want Annie, Annie Jamie? No. And she's just like, Ew. I just want mom. And all mom has to do is like kiss that little wound, maybe put a band-aid on it and it's all better. Amen. And God is like that. God is like that. You know, when you fall down, God isn't standing over you as judge. He wants to come pick you up. He wants, to, he wants to touch you where it hurts. And he wants to set you on your feet again and get you moving. Amen. I remember when Jessica was just only about three. I came into her room one morning. She said, oh, mommy, 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 he came, he came, he came. I said, who came? She said, Jesus came last night. Jesus came. He came, he came right through the wall. And I said, did he? She said, yeah, he just flew right through the wall. And he came in here and, um, and he said to me, would you like to come and see where I live? And I said, yes, please, Jesus. And she took me by the hand and we flew through the wall and we flew up through the clouds, right up to this beautiful place. And I'm going, yeah, 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 I'm waiting to hear what happened next. 
You know, like, what is it like? I'm thinking all these things in my head. She goes, oh, so beautiful, mommy. I said, was it? She said, yeah. He said, is there anything that I can do for you? And she had a Band-Aid on her finger at that time. She said, I've got a sore finger. And Jesus said, I'll fix it for you. And he prayed for my finger and it got better. And then Jesus took me by the hand and said, I better take you back to bed before mummy comes and finds you gone. And he flew me back through the clouds and put me back in bed. And he kissed me on my head and he said, I'll always be here with you. You know, I think, I think that many of us, uh, all my children, all four girls, tell stories like that under three. And I believe what he does. I believe that God comes and reveals his heart to us as little children so that we will never forget that he loves us and that he is there for us. That's why when, when we hear about him, when we hear about his love, our hearts just jump inside of us, even when we're not born again and we say, it feels like home. It feels like home to me. Because th- this is the God. I mean, when I was born again, I looked into many, many different things, many different religions. I chanted with gongs and I'd done all kinds of crazy stuff trying to find God. And I was bitterly disappointed. But when I saw the face of Jesus and I looked into those eyes and those eyes looked into me and found me, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is what I've searched for for my whole life. This is the love that I need. This is the love that I've longed for. It's in God. Amen. It's in the heart, the nurturing heart of God. Amen. I remember when I was growing up, my dad was the disciplinary in our house. It might be different in your house, but my dad was the disciplinary and he had this belt and, and he would, he would just begin to take his belt off and like all six kids would scatter we just scared out. It was like, he's taking his belt off. Run. And we just all hide everywhere because we were just so, I don't even remember him hitting us with that. But man, we were so scared of that belt. But when he did discipline us, you know, he would discipline us and send us to our room. And I remember so many times, you, you know, you'd be in your room and you'd be talking to the wall. It's not fair. <laughs> I was getting in trouble for this. It was his fault. You'd talk to the wall and then you'd hear the door creak open and it would be my mum. She'd go, Jules, are you okay? <laughs> and she'd sneak in and shut the door before Dad could hear her. And of course she'd just, and snuggle up on the bed and pull me into her arms and snuggle up and say, it's all right. It's all right. And that's our Father, our God. Amen? I mean, yes, he disciplines us, but he wants to give us hugs straight after because he is, he is the Father, but he has the nurturing heart of a mother. Amen? His anger doesn't last for long. He, he, you know, as soon as he goes, and he's like, oh, and it's like, make it all better. Make it all better. Amen. And it says in Psalm 131 and verse 2, but I have stilled and quieted my soul 
like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. You know, God also, he wipes every tear away. There's a scripture that says that he keeps every tear that you cry in a jar. And man, he must have some massive jars for me, I tell you, Phil, because I, I don't know. I bought this mascara that was like waterproof to, um, it was waterproof to 30 meters or something like that. And it ran. It ran. And uh, so God, he's just got river. I think the river of God. Yeah, I contributed greatly to that, I'm sure. But it says he keeps every tear and he wipes every tear, Revelation 7.17. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Amen. He feels for us. Do you know that God feels for you? Like a mother literally feels her children's pain. Amen. I think one of the quotes on a video that we saw this morning that a mother makes a choice for her heart to come outside of her body and walk along next to her in her child. And that's what God does. He feels what you feel. He partners with your suffering. He, He loves to be a part of your joy. He loves to see and be a part of your life in every part of it. He understands us. You know, I've heard so many people over the years when I've counseled people, I say, no one understands me. Yes, he does. Psalm 139 says he knows everything about you. He knows what you're going to say before you say it. He knows what you're thinking. He made us all completely and utterly different, and yet he knows everything about each one of us. That's how amazing he is. And not just does he know about us, he wants to know. He wants to be involved. He wants to be close. He wants to be intimately acquainted with every part of your life. Not just the path that you show him, but all of you. Amen. As Garth said just before, you know, why don't we just abandon ourselves to the one who loves us completely? There is nothing to hold back from a God who is both father and nurturing mother to us. Amen. You know that God wants to talk at length and detail to you. Now, I know, you know, we, we, we grew up in a house full of lots of girls. And Phil just used to say to the girls, just bottom line me. Yeah, just forget all that bit. Just what are you saying? And they just get frustrated and say, Dad, you never want to listen to me. And one day I had to teach him. I say, darling, when you're dealing with women... You just got to let them talk because they process by talking and, and they'll talk, 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 and they'll talk, 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 and they'll work it all out and they'll talk, 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 they'll go round, 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 right back and they'll get back to here and they'll go, oh, I feel so much better, Dad, you're the best. And he hasn't said a word. And he tried it and it worked, Mark. It worked. And still to this day, he still uses that. He's not real good at it with me yet, but he's good, he's good at it with the girls. But you see, God, he wants to talk with you at length. If you read the Psalms, you would see that David told him everything. David poured out his heart to God. Amen? And that's why he, he was such a great king. That's why he had a heart after God's own heart, because he just told God everything. Everything. 
I mean, even when he was upset and he'd say, smite my enemies, poke their eyeballs out. I mean, he really, can you imagine going to God, Vicky, and just saying, you know, you know that chick over there, can you just wipe her out? You know, like, and then, but then he would just like get it all off his chest. Oh, and they're all against me and they all hate me. And, and I'm thinking I'm going to die and I've cried all night and my pillow is like this and I'm not, 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 and they're all rejecting me. And then he would go, but God. And then he would realize that God is not just his nurturer, but God is his king and God is his father and God is the lifter of his head and God is his defender. Amen. And then he would realize that God has both natures. Amen. You know that God doesn't sleep. How many mothers in the room don't sleep? And there's a lot of teenagers in this room and it's your fault. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Isn't it? My kids say to me, Mom, just go to sleep. When we get home, we get home. It's okay. And so I have a rule that they have to text me when they get in. I'm home mom night. Because I used to make them walk up the stairs to kiss me goodnight. So I'd know that they were home and they were safe. And they got lazy. Now they've got mobile phones. They just text me, I'm home. Love you, mom night. And I just make them do that because why? Because I don't sleep with a mother's heart until they are safe in bed and I know that all my little bubbies are there and they're all safe and that's how God doesn't sleep. You know that God watches you while you sleep? Can you imagine God himself, I mean, coming into your bedroom while you're asleep and just looking at you? I remember when Julie was first born, I was told I'd never have children and, and when she was born and they put her in that little cradle Next to me, that little little perspex little thing next to me, and I'm in bed, and I just, I don't want to go to sleep. I just wanted to stare at her forever and ever and ever and ever. I was so in love with this little person that, you know, even if she just went, eh, oh, 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 and she go, oh, you know, it's just like, and do you know that's how God is with you? His mother's heart over you watches you while you sleep he watches you when you do things when you kick that ball yesterday angus was that you did you kick it at all or he didn't score but even when you don't score richard jones richard jones i i heard that oh this richard oh <laughs> So there he was on the sideline yesterday, Richard. And you, you do the big kick and God's going, get it in, get it in. And he's just like, yeah, you know, like. <laughs> That's how our God is. Amen. Hey. Phil said God helped the, the ball in. You know, he just sent a little angel to go, whoops. Like that. God, like a mother, is always available. You know, it doesn't matter what I'm going through in my own life. It doesn't matter if I'm tired, if I'm sick, if I'm hungry, if I'm cranky, if I've got 60 tons of ironing to do and 50,000 phone calls to make. If one of my kids needs me, I drop the law and I run to that. And the scriptures tell us that, that he will leave the 99. 
and he will go after the one. And when you're the one, he will always come. He is always available for you. Amen? He's always there. All you have to say is, God, and he's there like that. Amen? Amen? You take one step towards him, he will run towards you. He's sacrificial. He always puts our needs first. You know, you know, my, as a mother, I know you're like this, Gail. Like, just say there were some of Gail's and Christine's soup in my fridge, which there is right now. And I want to go home and eat that soup. I've been thinking about it all day, that tonight I'm going to go home and I'm going to finish the last bit of that soup, right? But if I went home and one of my kids said, oh, man, I'm so hungry, and I'm thinking, there's only the soup left. And, uh, you know, but I'm not going to say, look, I really wanted that soup. You know, straight away, I sacrificially just go, you know, I'm not really hungry. You have it. They've got it. They've eaten it already. Garth just dobbed them in. He's just dobbed them in. They've eaten it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. There you go. There's a sacrificial mother right there. And the other thing that God was willing to do was he was willing to have his own body punished so that he could bring forth new life. And I am just so in awe of women who, like, you know, Julie, she's got like two weeks or something now before she gives birth. And um, little Belinda, is, is she here? Nathan's up the back. You know, Belinda, she just gave birth. I am in awe of that. I'm just so in awe of that. That, you know, they must be nervous. They, you know, what did it feel like for you, Gail? Just about you're about to give birth. I mean, what's going through your head? You think, okay, I'm about to suffer the worst pain that's, you know, that, that, that any human being could go through. And, you know, and it's going to be great. And it's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. And I'm going to push this baby out. And, and it's just like they will put their body through punishment a mother, just to bring new life. You know, and uh, I was at Jilly's, the birth of Joey, and Jilly, I was so worried about her because she faints at the sight of blood. Just she pricks a finger, she'll faint. She faints with needles. She faints, you know, a little bit of pain, she faints. And so I'm thinking, this kid's not going to stay awake through this whole thing. And I'm in the room with her, I'm thinking... Far out, man. I don't know how she's going to stay awake or stay conscious for one second of this. And when it came to time to push Joey out, man, she became this other person. She became this superwoman. It was just like, I'm getting this baby out. I'm going, whoa. It's like, (laughs) man, I was so proud of her. I was going, yes, you are. Amen. And it was so good from my end, you know, just saying, come on, Jilly, push. And it was really good. I didn't feel a thing. (laughs) But that's what God did. God was willing. Amen. He was willing to let his son. God the son was willing for his body to be punished so that you might live and have new life. Amen. And God is a whatever-it-takes kind of God. He is like, and I, and I just, you know, I'll quickly tell you this story about my grandma. I was thinking about her um, for Mother's Day. And my nanny, Jessie, you know, she was a part of the stolen generation. 
And she was stolen from her mother, taken from her mother and raised in a cattle station. And she had her children there. And then the authorities wanted to take her children. And so she ran and she scrubbed floors for a living. She did whatever it took to protect and keep her children, amen, against all odds. I mean, when they looked at the records, you know, just before my mum passed away, she saw the records, and there's her name on the records that she was supposed to be one of the stolen generation. But they could never find her because my grandma always ran, always kept her hidden, always protected her, and would do anything, anything that she would keep her children with her, amen. She would have laid down her own life. And that's what our father is like. Our father is like that, amen. Don't be afraid. Because our father, he is with you. He's nurturing heart. He will find you. Where can you go from God's spirit? Where can you hide from God's spirit? He's going to find you. And he's going to nurture you. He's going to protect you. He's going to keep you close to his heart. And he's going to always keep you from the one who comes to kill and rob and destroy. Amen. The one who comes to steal from you, the enemy. God will protect you. Amen. From him. He has a nurturing heart. Amen. He loves not just his original children, the Jews, but he embraces all people like women do. He loves you unconditionally in every season. Isaiah 4. Isaiah 49:15 Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born though she may forget I will not forget you God will not forget you like a mother that has had a child at her breast that she can never forget that child anybody watched any of those shows those find my family shows and it's so amazing that those mothers that have to give up their babies at birth and they never forget and when they find them 20 years later they're just like totaled because this is my child this I've tried to forget I've tried to get away but I could never forget my child and God is like that with you amen he will never forget you he will never forsake you he will never leave you he will, he will find you wherever you are. He will love you. Amen. And he will nurse you like a mother. And Psalm 27.10 says, As though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Even if you haven't had that nurturing of a father or a mother, the Lord will teach you. Amen. Because he is the perfect example of this. I'm just going to finish with 1 Corinthians 13 and 4 to 8. And 1 Corinthians 13, we know this scripture as the love scripture. And a lot of people use it at, the, at their weddings and so forth. But actually what this scripture is, it is a picture of the love of God for us. It's the perfect love of God for us that he wants us to try and, um, you know, copy and, 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 and as much as we can love like this. But this, when I read this right now, I want you to feel like this is God speaking to you. This is how his love is towards you in his nurturing, loving uh, heart like a mother. Amen. And verse 4 says this, love is patient. God is patient with you. Love is kind. God is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. 
Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. That is how your Father loves you. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet.